You're listening to Queen Esther's Couch, a gathering place for women, about women, with women, to lift women. So let me gather myself, because it's me she needs. So I gathered myself to gather she, and I am she, your host, Atisha King. Hey, girlies. Welcome back to another week on the couch. Listen, I'm excited to have you join us this week. And I know that I say that every week, but I'm so excited. Um, I really appreciate everyone who's been listening and providing us such amazing feedback. It's been very helpful. Um, And so with that being said, um, I wanted to bring a little bit of balance into the conversation um, that we had last week. We um, We talked with Trinity. And she talked about daddy issues. And so I thought that it would be the thing if, you know, like I said, we had some balance brought to the discussion and we talk about mommy issues. And as you can see, I do not have a guest here with me this week because I wanted to, I just felt it appropriate to share my own story, if you will, because my story is somewhat similar to Trinity's and a lot of what she shared really resonated with me. And as I share with you all, Trinity and I had not had that discussion only that she, you know, only thing we talked about was that she wanted to share her story. And so I was hearing a lot of, of, you know, I was hearing everything for the first time like you all were. And so it, a lot of what she said, again, it resonated with me. And so I thought, yes, we definitely need to bring some balance for one. Um, there were some other reasons behind that too, but we definitely need to bring some balance. And, you know, number two, because I could, it, you know, a lot of it resonated a lot, you know, like I could somewhat relate to what she was describing as her experience. I thought, yeah, you know, very similar. And so um, again, you know, I know I said last week that I hadn't really put a lot of thought into the perspective, you know, the Trinity came from as it relates to dads, right? But what I realized was that I had a lot of, um, I, I, I had thought about that in, in respect to moms a lot because that was also, um, that was, sort of my experience as well. So nevertheless, let me just uh, get in here. Um, So where do I want to start? Okay, so let me talk about uh, my mom just a little bit, just to give a little bit of context, right? So my mom, as many of you all know that, and if you listen to me long enough, you've heard me say this, my grandmother raised me. Um, if you know me, you know, I say that all the time. My grandmother raised me. And, you know, here, here's the truth, though. I was raised by my grandmother, but my aunts had um, my mom's sisters. Um, they also had um, a lot of, you know, they supported my grandmother an awful lot in raising me and, you know, just some of my other cousins who were there, but, you know, my aunts, I also give credit to them for the um, assistance they provided in my upbringing, and so nevertheless, my grandmother, you know, she was primarily my caretaker, 
when I was growing up in the absence of both of my parents, my mom and my dad, right? And so, um, yeah, like my mom was there. I can remember my mom has was always in my life. And here's the thing, I, I need to say this, like last week, um, the 15th was the anniversary of my mom's death. And so I had, tend to reflect and it's the third anniversary. And so I tend to reflect um, on my uh, relationship with my mom and my life experience with my mom a lot around that time. And so, you know, it also uh, is part of my healing process, right? And so, um, and holding on and staying tethered to my healing in her uh, death. And so I often think about, like I always try to find one good memory from, you know, my uh, childhood with my mom or even my um, adulthood. So I digress, I know, but I just wanted to throw that in there a little bit because um, I, my mom, I want to talk about her a little bit in justice. So my mom was a, a struggling um, drug addict. And, you know, if she came up in the era or she was addicted to drugs and area in the era of um the crack cocaine epidemic right and so to be honest you know from what i know um who my mom had shared with me my, my mom probably used just about any drug that was out there at at the time when she was on drugs but my mom was on drugs for um probably all of my childhood from what I can remember, there was some sort of substance use um, or um, alcohol um, use where it, so much so where it prevented her from parenting um, or raising me in your typical mother-daughter relationship, right? So I'll just say that. And so I can tell you, um, you know, like I remember what I remember about my uh, childhood and growing up with my mom was, you know, like, so my mom was like this. She was the kind of person that she would say, hey, I'm going to the store to get a loaf of bread and you might not see her for two weeks, um, two months, right? But when she come back, she don't have that bread though. But it's just the thing, like she was um, always, always, um, you know, just out. And so I think about where my issues started with my mother, right? Because you would think that, you know, and, and I could go into some of, uh, you know, I had a lot of issues around um, or with my mother and our relationship, but I just want to highlight a few because they were like the, the biggest issues that I had to overcome with my mom okay so I can tell you where um you know just so just imagine you know I have a mom she is um on drugs I I didn't have any siblings so it was just me um being raised by my grandmother as it relates to my mother's um child and then um like I said my dad was out of picture uh, for the most part now again like when he was in town I would get to see him and things like that but you know he wasn't a part of my raising my upbringing and so um, my issues with my mom started 
I can remember when I was about, um, I was in the fifth grade, getting ready, you know, it was fifth grade and getting close to the summer. And I can remember one time um, hearing my grandmother talk and I'm assuming she was talking to one of her other daughters. I honestly can't remember because one, I wasn't supposed to be listening, right? Because back then, you know, kids wasn't in grown folks conversations. It just, so I was eavesdropping and um, I had, I had heard my mom's name. And so um, I, I listened in to hear what was being said. And and let me say this, one thing about my grandmother and my aunts is that they never, ever bad talked my mom um, around me or to me, right? Like I, they completely shielded me from, for the most part, right? They did everything they could to shield me from whatever was going on with my mother. And so um, on this particular uh, day, I'm hearing my grandmother talk. And the concern was that my mom was missing, um, had been for quite some time. I'm not sure. This time it was was different, right? Like this something about this time was different in that, yes, she probably left and had been gone a couple of weeks, but maybe she was gone longer. Um, that part I don't really recall, but I recall um, hearing my grandmother talk to my aunt and being very concerned about my mom um, and her whereabouts and hearing things like um, looking for her body on the railroad tracks or walking through fields or, you know, something of that sort. And it was traumatizing to me. And so it created, the, it then created this um, worry and fear um, that when my mom would leave, that she would not come back. She wouldn't come back um, this time, right? And so I can remember like staring out the window sometimes, you know, like looking for her to walk down the street because she didn't drive. So it's a matter if she gonna come walking down the street. And so, you know, this became um, a thing for me. Now, um, the other thing that I will say is um, because you know, of the time in which I was uh, brought up or, and let me just say in respect to the home that I was brought up in, right? Um, nobody really checked on me as, as the daughter to see how I was um, mentally or psychologically about this because physically, right, my needs were being met. Um, and again, no one uh, talked bad about me, about my mom to me or around me and um you know they did the best to make sure that I felt loved so it made you know it makes sense that you know um it would just wasn't something that, that just wasn't the way of life back then so that was when my issues started and I know that now as an adult right but as a kid I didn't really know that but you know the work that you do as an adult is figuring out um when you start to um, work towards your healing is figuring out where the root cause of something is. So there was my first issue of abandonment, right? When abandonment began to feel real, the spirit of abandonment uh, began to feel real. 
And so I um, would carry that up into my adult years uh, just because this root has set in. Now there was another um, instance where this, where I can remember the spirit of rejection fully attaching itself to my life. Okay. Now, of course, most of us don't remember our, our births and how we are, you know, um, those stories are told to us and how, you know, the, the days of our birth or nights or whenever they occur. And so I can remember as a teenager, um, I can remember, you know, I'm older now, right? And so my aunts um, are about four years, on average, about four to six years older than me. So I'm kind of like the little sister. And so I can remember uh, being in a conversation with a couple of my aunts and, you know, we just reminiscing and laughing and talking or whatever. And, you know, they were sharing with me how when I was born, my mother had some sort of um, mental health break or psychotic break or whatever. And when, you know, she went into labor and it was this traumatic experience for her, um, the pain, right? Like this, you know, and then after getting to the hospital and actually giving birth to me, whenever the nurses were bringing me back in for her to like hold me and whatnot, there was some, like she said, oh, I didn't have a baby. I'm here for a kidney infection. Um, and so she was there to be treated for whatever she felt was going on with her body, but not giving birth. And so it created this, you know, um, whatever went on where somebody had to name me uh, so that I could come home. And then when I get home, you know, my grandmother trying to kickstart this motherly instinct in her and her not forming this attachment, not feeling, um, and it makes sense. If you don't think this is your child, then, you know, you're not going to form an attachment to it for the most part. And so, you know, story goes that she would, um, that I would cry for hours because they, you know, my grandmother would put me in the room with her in hopes that if she would, that she would start to respond to my needs um, but it didn't work, right? So I would cry to somebody came and rescued me or whatever. And so I realized um, then, right? Like the spirit of rejection was present. However, hearing that story, um, it kind of locked in this, and I'm hearing that as a teen, right? And then I'm like, that's on top of everything that is going on with my mom and our relationship, her being out on the streets or whatever, and all the things. Now, let me say this, like, I knew she was out on the streets, but I didn't know what was, you know, I still didn't know what was what. I'm going to be honest, because my grandmother and my aunts and, you know, um, the people that I was around, they did not, um, they just did not talk about my mom in a negative light um, in that regard. And so um, here, hearing this as an adult, as, an, uh, um, as a teenager, there is this ceiling now of this spirit of rejection. And I say ceiling because this spirit 
um, had been hovering from that moment that she could not form, you know, that she was pushing back on being forced, you know, trying this, what was in a, in a good um, hearted effort to create an attachment between she and I, her rejecting that set this um, spirit of rejection loose, right? And so when I'm hearing this, man, that thing just sealed, right? So now I'm dealing with abandonment and rejection for sure. And, you know, that are surely attached to me um, in that I'm fighting with in regards to this relationship with my mom. And so um, to make uh, matters worse, right? Um, here is um, an added layer by the time I'm in, you know, seventh grade, and I guess I'm like 12, 13, whatever, however old you are, I can't even remember because I'm old now, right? But back then, um, I can remember getting into a playground, into a fight with one of my um, classmates, right? And I can remember, you know, it's one of those meet me after school, you meet after school and you do your little, you know, whatever, you, you fight, whatever, you bang, whatever um, y'all call it nowadays, but square up, I don't know. But you meet and then you, you know, you do what you're going to do. And I can remember being in this fight, right? And I just, I personally didn't like fighting, but I was taught you don't run, right? Like if somebody, you just, you stand your ground. So I can remember getting into this fight, not even wanting to fight, but feeling like if I don't, um, you know, I'm getting in trouble when I get home, for one. And two, you know, you don't want to be bullied because people think you're scared or what have you. So I'm getting into this fight. And I can remember, um, you know, us doing our little thing and some, I just, you know, I got up because um, I was getting her down on the ground. I got up and I walked away because I didn't want to fight in the first place. And I felt like for me, it was over. Um, and so after this fight, then I was literally um, this person, you know, she followed me just follow me and mind you, there's a crowd of kids, right? And she followed me and she um, began to yell out all of these vile things about what she knew about my mom. Now, mind you, we're kids. So she had to have gotten that from the adults um, in her life. And here's the thing, right? Like that, you know, that's not even, um, that's not, um, as, as significant now as it was back then, right? But I'm just sharing that to say, this is how I began to, um, how I came into the knowledge of who my mother was in these streets, right? And so with that being said, it was, um, you know, then it was anger, right? Like anger, and I felt um, betrayed by my mom in a sense of, you know, how could she do this and, you know, um, have a daughter and, you know, like all of these things. And I won't go into, but, you know, you can imagine when people out on the streets and stuff they do for drugs, right? And so, again, because I was shielded from this, from my, um, from within my home, I had to learn about it in these streets, right? So I learned about it through my peers. Now, let me say this, 
um, me and this young lady, um, this was just a playground fight, right? Like me and this young lady, we grew up together. We continued to, you know, we made kissing made up and we continued to um, be really, really like, that's my, my sister, right? Like we grew up still loving on each other um, and all of that. And I just want to put that in there so that people know um, I'm not really stuck there. It is the, this, I'm sharing that to say, this is how I came to the knowledge of who my mother was in these streets. And then the issue that it created for me was um, shame and betrayal. And, you know, I felt like, wow, like how can I show my face um, again around my peers? And, and you know, and then uh, to top it off, you know, I met one of my other friends' house and, you know, I think she had told her mom about, the fight and what the you know the young lady was saying and her mom was like you know explained to me like yeah you know that stuff might be true but blah blah blah, blah. you know she just began trying to encourage me and help me but it, you know at this point it was just adding fuel to the fire because I'm like so it's true right and so I then grew up with that right like I continued on into womanhood but it created an issue for me um, of, you know, like I said, with my mom, anger and resentment and not because of, you know, not just because she wasn't raising me, right. Or hadn't raised me and we didn't have a relationship that I felt like a mother and daughter should have, but because I was like, this is how her life is impacted me and yada, yada, yada. Right. Like, woe is me. Um, and so there were, at least right, three to four significant um, issues that really were um, spiritual strongholds that had attached itself to my life concerning my relationship, at, you know, as a result of my relationship with my mom. And so now let's fast forward to um, my adulthood, right? And getting saved and getting, coming to know the Lord was a huge um, win for me, right? I know people say that, uh, but like, I am grateful that God saved me because it it, it is what um, has helped me uh, sustain uh, sanity in this regard. And it is what helps me to um, be able to do what I'm getting ready to share. Um, next and so I can remember um being an adult and um my mom would you know she was still struggling right and what I had come to realize um later down the road is that you know where um I had been so angry and resentful and hurt and all of these things my mom and I we were just buying our oil at the same time, right? She had me when she was young, and this is not making any excuses um, for any of it. It is just simply saying, I understand now that she was buying her oil um, at the same time I was buying mine, and that's how God um, planned it, right? Or let it be for sure. And so here we are, um, I'm an adult, and I've got children of my own, and yet I still have these issues with my mom. You know, I can tell you that I still have them, but 
um, because I was raised to respect my mom no matter what, um, because I never heard any of her sisters or my grandmother or her brother, um, you know, talk bad or crazy about her um, or try to turn me against her. Now, they needed to defend me in some situations because she was my mom and, you know, it is what it is. Um, they would, but I wasn't um, allowed to or taught to, um, yeah, disrespect. And so there were, a, I can remember um, this one particular thing that bothered me so about my mom is having to house her. Uh, because when, you know, when you are out here on the streets, housing is an issue. And although my mom could get housing, she couldn't keep housing. And so for a number of reasons, right, obviously. And so one of the biggest challenges that I had was housing my mom because I had this thing where it was like, how do you expect me to take care of you or care for you when you couldn't do the same for me? And I, I was holding that for quite some time, right? But I wasn't speaking on it, but that was what was in my heart. And so I can remember on this particular, um, there was a, a particular time uh, where she needed housing and I was like, up to here with it I was like man I'm so sick of this this is my my internal talk and I can remember sitting in counseling with my pastor at the time and God rest his soul I can remember sitting in counseling with him and talking to him about my issues with my mom and he he was aware of them but I was back here on his couch because she needs to come live with me again and I was sick of it and I can remember him talking to me about compassion and he was like he asked me the question he said what do you do um when she shows up yet again with all of her bags and you know and he meant literally her luggage um and you know and her her spiritual and natural luggage and I just I wept like a baby because I knew where he was going because he had this way of just asking question that you already asked to um but I knew where it was going but he began to talk to me about compassion he began to talk to me about mercy which ultimately led me down the path of forgiveness right and so um what I learned in that particular session was what I had to overcome was my inability to show compassion despite my pain despite my anger, my resentment, despite, you know, how betrayed I felt, um, whether I feel like my mom deserved it or not, but to simply show compassion because number one, she is my mother. Um, and number two, um, you know, Christ showed me that same compassion. And I know that people don't, you know, people, especially now people are like oh no you gotta cut toxic people off you gotta do this and, you know I, I ain't even gonna get into all that because all I can tell you is I know what God did for me when I softened my heart and allowed him to show me how to be compassionate even when I didn't feel it was um deserved and so one of and I say that that is the that was pivotal in changing my mom's and I relationship because 
once I began, once I could show her compassion, yes, you know, of course, she had to come and live with me multiple times after that. Um, eventually, she just had to stay with me um, until her passing. But, you know, it was different. Um, I wasn't there. There wasn't. Um, it was hard. Right. Because you had to know my mom. Um, but it was hard. Caregiving is hard, period. And it was hard because there, yes, there were those times where, you know, um, our past would try to bubble up for me, but it was my responsibility to stay healed, um, to remain in my um, overcoming status by remind, ever reminding myself of, um, you know, my journey to being able to show her compassion. Um, and, and then overcoming my inability to do so. And I say that that was the biggest hurdle for me because, you know, I realized like, I, I'm going to be 100% transparent. I was the kind of person that, you know, like if I stop talking to you in seventh grade, it's a wrap. Like, don't talk to me now that we grown because I still felt the same way. And that is so childish and immature, but I didn't have an ability to show compassion to folks because I felt like if you wronged me, then that's a wrap. So when y'all hear me talking love and forgiveness and all that kind of stuff, that's why, because God has, he used that situation with my mom to show me, to fully um, equip me to overcome my inability to not show compassion. I had to see my mom as another soul. Right. And so when I began to show her compassion and allow, you know, that um, forgiveness to flow through, I tell you, um, you know, I was delivered, healed um, and made whole from the spirit of rejection and abandonment. Right. Like all of that came up um, with me being able to get over myself in a sense of, you know, um, harboring that unforgiveness and just being able to show her compassion and mercy in spite, right? And because of um, the relationship that we developed um, later in life after that, I say this all the time. I say my kids got to know my mom in a way that I did not. Um, but they wouldn't have gotten that had I not been able to overcome that because there was a time when I couldn't stand to be in the same room with my mom. You know, uh, my mom and I could be in the same room for hours and not say two words to each other. Um, it just is what it is at that time, right? But when I allow God to help me overcome my issues with my mom, then I was able to be in spaces with her lovingly, right? And my kids, my children, her grandchildren got to know a side of her. Like I said, they got to experience um, her in the way grand the children should experience their grandparents, you know, get spoiled. And, and I'm not going to even lie. Like sometimes I'll be looking like, man, like I didn't get that from her. But at the, you know, but I, I had to get over that too, y'all. And I had to just, be grateful that my children got to know her. And then I got to see what, you know, she could do when she was free from drugs and, you know, street life, if you will. So 
Um, maybe, you know, um, there's somebody out there who is challenged with, um, you know, mommy issues in any way, right? Um, or just in general, um, people issues. I would encourage you to really, really um, seek the Lord about compassion, right? Um, and what compassion is. And a lot of times, mercy is shown. Um, think about it like this. You ever, um, you know, like when people are in court and some, in this movie, so I've never seen this in real life, but I do know that it is, uh, people have asked. Um, but when people are in court, you may get ready to be sentenced by the judge. And sometimes when the justice says, oh, do you have any, um, any final remarks? And a part of that final closing is always, um, I'm asking the courts to show mercy. And what that is, is that, yeah, I may be guilty, right? I know I'm, and I've done this, right? I may even be saying, I, you know, I've done this, but I still need mercy, right? Because I'm remorseful or, you know, um, whatever the time you're looking at or whatever. And a lot of times we say, you know, uh, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And, you know, and a lot of times with our parents, we may feel like, hey, you done it. You know, you created this craziness around us, so deal with it. But in my case, like I said, the Lord healed me and helped me to overcome the issues that I had with both of my parents, actually, um, but especially with my mom. And here, here's the thing that I want to say, because I, I, I just, you know, I want to throw this in here. When my mom, see, you know, notice that I said my dad wasn't there either. But one of the things that I realized that I was also angry because, you know, I was angry with my mom about a lot of things. And one of them was like, yeah, because I, in my mind, I had created this fantasy around my dad. that if my dad was here, it would have been different and blah, blah. And that, you know, my mom was somehow responsible for my dad not being there, right? Like, why couldn't she just whatever, you know? But the truth of the matter is, and I can remember this um, as part of my healing, I remember one day the Lord spoke to me and he said, you are, um, I had more grace and, you know, compassion for my dad than I had for my mom, mind you. And I'm in a, I was an adult when God was talking to me about this because this is how long it took me to get past it, right? I was in my uh, late 20s, early 30s. But um, I can remember God saying that to me, you know, you had, or, you know, bringing to life for me. You have, I had more compassion and grace for my dad in his absence than I had for my mom. And I'll tell you the truth, I try to make a lot of excuses for why, right? When the fact of the matter is, both of them faltered in their responsibility. My, at least my mom was around, right? Like even, you know, she kept coming around. She stayed um, in the picture as much as she could, right? And there was times when she might've been incarcerated or she might've been, you know, um, again, out there with the drugs or what have you but with my dad it was you know um I'm sure he he had his own reasons right and I know some of them but at the end of the day the, the point was that 
I was giving him more grace than I was giving my mom. It, it was simply based on the fantasy that I had about my dad and all the anger and resentment that I had towards my mom. And so when I overcame my issues with my mom, it actually um, changed my relationship with my dad. And it, it only in this sense, it was like, no, like I had to then do my work over here as well because it crushed my little fantasies of my daddy. But, you know, it just, you know, I just had some soul work to do. But at the same time, it really strengthened. Um, it helped me to really strengthen um, my relationship with my mom, out, you know, and move me closer to my um, overcoming of our issues. And so, again, I just say, if you have someone, um, a parent, especially mom or dad, that you are having issues with, you know, I am encouraging you to find um, the root and, you know, give it for the Lord and allow the Lord to do the work that needs to be done because I promise you, you can overcome it. And again, it doesn't mean that, you know, um, I, was, I was blessed that our relationship was not um, irreparable, right? But um, I know that may not be the case for everybody. And you won't know until you try in some cases, right? And our tries uh, could look very differently. But what I am sure of is that we allow the Lord to soften our hearts. We can overcome. All right. See you next week on the couch. So here's my final thought, girlies. My big brother, um, Brewer, says this all the time. We don't get to choose our parents. And, you know, like, I know it sounds really simple, but it's so true. Like, we don't get to choose our parents. And, our, you know, we all hope for healthy, strong, um, viable relationships with our parents. And, you know, for some of us, it just isn't or wasn't the case. But we can do the work that we need to, to do in order to uh, strengthen those relationships with our parents, right? We don't get to choose them, but we can do the work to build the relationships that we want to have with our parents. And so I encourage you really, for those of us who are struggling with issues, mommy issues, daddy issues, I encourage you to do your own soul work, right? Get to the root, figure out what it is, and ask the Lord to help for joining us on Queen Esther's Couch. My prayer is that you were indeed lifted today by something we shared. Make sure you visit our Facebook page at Queen Esther's Couch, where you can subscribe to the show, invite others, or even just share your thoughts. Also, we would appreciate a rating on iTunes. This just helps us grow into greater. Until next time, be blessed.